0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The The disciples of John came to Jesus, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. The Gospel of the Lord. So, the context of what's happening here the Lord is in uh, Matthew's house at this point, and we know that he has. Uh, At the beginning of the chapter, he has healed the paralytic whom the friends have brought to Jesus, and they've lowered him through the roof, and the Lord has healed him, and he has also then forgiven him his sins. And this has caused a great scandal amongst the Pharisees. They are scandalized that the Lord would say such a thing, and they say, you know, who who but God can, can forgive sins? And the Lord, to show that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, He says to the man, rise, take up your pallet, and walk. And so he gives proof of this authority that he has. But this has obviously caused a lot of ripple effects. It has caused scandal amongst some, but it has caused rejoicing amongst others. The Savior has come, the one who can forgive sins. And so what we see immediately is that what Matthew does is he calls to himself, uh, others, other sinners, to come and experience what he has experienced. Matthew has acknowledged himself to be a sinner. And he draws to the Lord others in this banquet that he prepares in his house. He draws to the Savior others whom he desires that they might come to experience this beautiful forgiveness, this love uh, of the Lord. And so the Lord is sitting at this banquet and the Pharisees initially come and they say to the disciples of the Lord, trying to cause division as always, They say, why is it that your master eats with sinners? And so again, this is the purpose of why the Lord has come. What should be a cause of rejoicing for them has become a scandal for them. And then the disciples of John come in, and they are also scandalized at what the Lord is doing. But not the fact that he is eating with sinners, but the fact that he is feasting. There, uh, John the Baptist at the moment is in prison And so his disciples, they might be, as one of the commentators says, they might be a little bit hurt. They might think, has the Lord forgotten John the Baptist? Has the Lord forgotten the one who is suffering in prison? Has the Lord forgotten the one who was fasting for his sake? And Jesus goes in his response to correct their thinking. John the Baptist referred to himself as the friend of the bridegroom. And so what the Lord says in his response to the disciples of John the the Baptist is to show that he is a fulfillment of what John was preaching. He is the bridegroom. He is not simply a friend of the bridegroom. And everything changes when the bridegroom comes, when the bridegroom arrives. And the feasting begins when the bridegroom arrives. And so Jesus is reminding the disciples of John of the preaching of John. The one whom they claim to follow has preached the Lord, has preached Jesus Christ as the bridegroom, and they have not responded to the preaching of the one whom they follow. John the Baptist has said, behold the Lamb of God, and yet the disciples of John have still not followed after Jesus. So they are the ones who are in error. They are the ones who have not been listening, and the Lord is seeking now to draw them to that fulfillment, to this beautiful banquet With the bridegroom himself. The Lord is the bridegroom, meaning He is the one who has the bride. And yet, throughout the Old Testament, you can see that this is a great source of suffering for God, of trouble. His people are always referred to as an unfaithful spouse, one who is constantly running away from the spouse, from the bridegroom, from God Himself. And yet, the Lord does never, he never tires of seeking his people. He never tires of going after her. If you've ever met anyone who's ever been betrayed in this way, a spouse, spousal betrayal, I think, has to wound the heart more than a lot of other types of sufferings. And so, what we see in the Old Testament is this God pursuing his unfaithful spouse. And what we see here in the gospel is the Lord drawing this unfaithful spouse back to himself. These sinners are now being drawn back to the Lord and to God. But the first process is the acknowledgement that we are sinners, that we make up part of that unfaithful spouse who must be drawn back to God through his mercy and through his forgiveness. But as what happens here, we also, as sinners, we receive forgiveness and we are invited to the wedding feast we are invited to the banquet. And so after we have had our sins forgiven, we approach the banquet of the Lord, meaning the Mass here and Holy Communion. We approach this banquet with consciences clean, having been washed with the sacrament of baptism and confession, having been freed from mortal sin. And we approach this banquet because this is where we receive strength for the journey. Our spiritual life begins when our sins are washed away, but our sanctification requires a constant food, and the food that is required for our soul to grow in holiness is the Lord himself, the bridegroom. He desires to be united, to become one with his bride, and that is most truly accomplished here at the Mass and in the intimate moments of Holy Communion. That is where he becomes one with us. He enters into us and he dwells within us in Holy Communion. And we are truly the bride then of the bridegroom. His love is manifest in his passion and his death and his suffering for the sake of his bride. And it is for us that we pray this grace, especially in this season, for deeper contrition for our sins and for the ways in which we have offended him, but also then to turn towards him to draw and be drawn to this wedding feast that he desires to share with us and to be strengthened from this holy food, which is the Lord himself. Amen.